Welcome to Point with Daryl Jones, speaker, author, and lead pastor of the Rock Fellowship Church in Miami, Florida, and president of Point Ministries. Our goal at Point Ministries is to point you to the Word of God, where Jesus is the point. Today's message is from the Unlimited Access series, where Dr. Jones teaches on various aspects of Christian prayer. Because of the finished work of Jesus Christ, believers have unlimited access to dialogue with our Father in Heaven. Now let's join them for today's message. Today we're going to pick up on a passage I think will really bless your hearts today. And it's 1 John. Verse 13, it says, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the confidence which we have before him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request which we have asked from him. Today's title is Our Confidence in Prayer. You know, um, we all understand what confidence is. You know, it's, it's when we have a, a trust. You know, we deem something as, as trustworthy. When we deem something as faithful, something or someone we can rely on. Each of us, we have confidence in certain things or certain people and, and a lack of confidence. Like, you know, if you need to get picked up somewhere, you know, certain people you love, you got relationships, but it's like, uh, I can't ask them. But then if somebody, you got somebody, it's like, I know, I know if they say they're going to pick me up at 3 o'clock, they're going to be there at 3 o'clock. You have a confidence. You know, the NBA has been handing out all these contracts. I mean, crazy money. You know, they give them $200 million now to some of these guys. Well, the reason when they come to the, to the signing table, when they come to negotiating a contract, what they look at is a past track, track record of history. What have you done? And based off of what you have done and where you are now, we have an expectation of what you will do for us. And that drives up the price because if you have done some amazing things and you're still kind of young, we expect you're going to keep this up for the next few years. So, you know, we're going to willing to trust you. I'm going to show you I trust you. I'm going to give you $200 million to stay right here and play for me. Why? Because I got a confidence that you're going to keep this thing going. It's not blind. It's not something that hadn't been evaluated. They've seen a track record of performance and they say, you know what? We can trust this person with this. See, in this passage, the Apostle John is writing for us to have a confidence when it comes to the Lord and how we approach him. And when we talk to him and ask of him, he wants us to have that reliance, that assurance based off our relationship with him. And he starts out in this context is he letting us know that God has made promises God has made promises, and we understand promises. The, the, the crazy thing about them is when we make promises to somebody or somebody makes promises to us, they're only as strong or only as powerful depending on the one that's given it and what they've shown, right? If you try to buy a house, you know, they pull up a credit history. You want to know why? Because they want to see you, you promising to pay this money back. Let me see how, let me see how you pay back. And they, they see how you pay back and you got a high score. They're like, oh, we'll give you this money. But when I'm confident, I'm trusting it. See, the reason I said the apostle 
is making this claim that God has made promises. In verse 13, he says, these things I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. Well, what are these things? I want you to look at it. Go up just a little bit. We're going to look at a couple of verses right before verse 13 that I believe is very important. Let's go to verse 10. He says, the one who believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. The one who does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has given concerning his son. And the testimony is this, that God has given us eternal life and this life is in his son. He who has the son has life. He who does not have the son of God does not have life. See, that's what leads into verse 13, because he's saying, look, God has made certain promises. If you have trusted Jesus Christ, you can know, not hope, not wonder, you can know that you have eternal life. He's promised us this eternal life. He's given us this assurance of eternal life in Christ Jesus. And why do we have this assurance? Because throughout the New Testament, and even before this week, we could read this whole chapter. You could go back to verse 5, and you're reading when you get home this week, you want to dive in. Go to, go to verse 5 in this same chapter we in, and he makes the claim, because he's laying out, he was like, look, he didn't spare his own son. He actually, his son died for us and was raised from the dead so that you may trust God is able, is willing, and saves you by what he's done in Christ Jesus. So we, we're, we're used to looking at evidence. I want to know, is there evidence that can back up? I can trust you. The apostle is saying, look, if you have any doubt, if stuff going crazy in your life, let's hold on to this truth. God sent his son to die for you and was raised from the dead for you so that you may know God saves. That you may know. I want you to look at something in Luke chapter 7. I want you all to turn with me. Luke chapter 7, starting at verse 18. Luke chapter 7, starting at verse 18. And this is a passage because I, I want you to grasp and really, I really want you to hold on that Jesus has shown who he is and what he's capable of so that we may trust the promises of God. In verse 18, I'm going to give you a little context. John the Baptist has been thrown in jail because he stood up to, to, to King Herod and called him out on his sin. And the king didn't like that. And he took advice from his uh, the wife he stole, basically. And... He's uh, put John in jail, and he's, John's going to be beheaded, okay? And this is Jesus' big cousin by about six months or so. All right, so to give you a little context. So John's in jail. It says this. The disciples of John reported to him all about all these things. Summoning two of his disciples, John sent them to the Lord saying, Are you the expected one, or do we look for someone else? When the men came to him, that's Jesus, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you to ask, are you the expected one or do we look for someone else? At that very time, he cured many people of diseases and afflictions and evil spirits, and he gave sight to the many who were blind. And he answered and said to them, go and report to John what you have seen and heard. Blind receive sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up. The poor have the gospel preached to them. Blessed is he who does not take offense at me. I read this because Jesus is approached to see, are you the one we've been waiting on? Are you the one that the Old Testament passages told us was to come that was going to deliver us? The funny thing is, Jesus doesn't just speak with his mouth and say, yes. 
What did Jesus do? He starts to do the very things the prophecy said the expected one would do. And then he says, go tell John what you just saw. See, what he's demonstrating is this. God has not just spoken. He's also acted out what he has spoken. And God is showing that everything that I have spoken, I've also acted out so that you can know I'm faithful and trustworthy. That's why the Apostle John in this passage that we're reading is letting us know that our prayers are connected to our faith in God's promises. Our prayers are connected in our understanding and our expectancy of God to be who he has always said and shown himself to be. He has shown himself faithful. That's why I can be confident in my God. And that's why John says these things about how we can have this confidence. We have this confidence when we come to God in prayer. Because what does he say in verse 14? If we pray according to his will, we know he hears us. And that's off the chain. Because that's some strong language. When he said, we know. Because you start to think about, you know, in our postmodern society, we do struggle sometimes when somebody asks you, like, how you know? Or do you know? You know, you, somebody can get you real confused today because truth is so plastic today. You know, truth just so, like, it's, it's the, the postmodern mindset, there, there's no truth. You have your truth. I have my truth. It's actually some idiotic stuff because truth exists. You know, truth, truth becomes so malleable and, 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 and stretched and, and, and turned and stuff that, you know, you can ask somebody, you can debate somebody and have them doubt. You know, we doubt so much about what we can know. But the Bible is real clear on certain things. He says this, God who is faithful, God who has shown himself faithful, tells you, you can know. You can know. Meaning he's calling us past the hope in this, in this, in this context. He's passing us, he, he's, he's calling us past a, 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 a want to. Like, I want to hope. I want to know. He says, no, you can know. You know because we're talking about a faithful God who's faithful to his promises. He says he hears you. Because just like all of us, you know, that, I think that's part of, you know, part of God. You know, he, that he's, 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 he's given us, you know, it's one of those communicable attributes that we kind of share with God and our emotions is that, you know, uh, we hear stuff we like, right? You know, uh, it's like a little kid. You know, your mama tell you do something from way down the hall, and it's something you don't want to do. You act like you ain't hear it. And be like, you heard me tell you, I, mama, you was way down. I ain't hear you. Yeah, you heard it just wasn't something you want to do. You know, but when you want to do something, when you want to do something, you know, you you, you jump at it. You know, you married and and, you, and your wife asks you something, and you really want to do it. And then when you don't want to do it, it might take a few days, right? It's gonna get, it's gonna get done. I'm telling on myself right now. You know, it's gonna get, we're gonna get it done, all right? It's just, I don't feel like it right now. We're gonna get it done. <laughs> but when we when we when we want to do it, you know, we 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 hear it. And and the apostle John is he's he's letting us know this. He was like, look, you know, we gotta understand, like when we come to God, as our relationship goes with him, and I've been stressing this over the last few weeks, is that as our relationship grows with him, we start to understand him even more. We start to understand his will, and our prayers become his desires. Our will becomes his will. And he says, I want you to know, when you pray according to his will, you know 
He hears you. But remember, you got you to listen to that qualification. This is according to his will. We hope this message is blessing you today. Before we continue, we want you to know about Point Ministry resources. Please visit daryljones.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L jones.org and subscribe to receive our refuel devotional and view other discipleship materials. Our goal is to point you to the Word of God, where Jesus is the point. Now let's rejoin Dr. Jones for the rest of today's message. Our confidence is we, when we pray, we know He hears us and we can cut out that clause according to His will, but it's very important because this is contingent on according to His will. So part of our prayer requests need to be, Lord, help me to know your will more clearly in X, Y, or Z situation. Because we, we got different situations and different times of the week and different things going on and different timelines and different stresses. And we have an overarching God's will. He wants us to represent him and glorify him. We know that. And in certain situations, we need to pray for wisdom. Like, how do I respond? What do I do? What decision am I supposed to make? Lord, help me to understand your will. Show me your will, Lord. Because sometimes when we don't know his will, that's when we need to ask him for his will. Because remember, we, by faith in Christ, by faith in the one who has believed in the name of the son of God and what he's done because remember this is part of that context that we're looking at he's talking to the believer and he says look because we know we are children of God we know that God has certain desires for us he wants to show himself as a good father do y'all know that like do, do you really realize that like God wants to show himself as a good and loving father to his children but remember his perspective is a little different from ours isn't it you know, like if I was to paint an example, if I said, if one of my children was running into the street and about to get hit by a car and they don't see the car, but I as a father see the car and I snatch them by their arm, by doing so, pop their shoulder out and break it and we got to go to the hospital, you would say, that's a loving father. Yet, that kid don't know what was about to happen. All he know is daddy broke his arm and it hurt. That baby, all that baby know, daddy hurt me. Does daddy love me? There's a confusion. He don't know. Daddy just saved your life and you don't even know it. Sometimes it's like that for, for us in this world. We think God just letting us hurt and we just got pain and we don't know why, why God doing this. And, and I love God and I'm going to church and, I'm, and I'm, 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 I'm tithing. I'm giving offerings. I'm giving my time and my talents to the Lord. I'm trying the best that I can. When we don't understand, we don't see God's perspective. And we don't know God actually may just be saving your life with this little bit of temple temporary pain that you're experiencing right now so we got to seek his his will because he's looking at things at a whole nother level you know we standing here and we looking here and God's like in an airplane and even more so in how he's seeing everything and he sees every perspective that's why he says according to his will that's why in last week when we looked at the disciples prayer what do we look at he says your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Like we're praying that God's will be done. And sometimes that's hard. Sometimes it's hard. Because it's one side and it can seem double-minded, but when we don't know God's will, we can pray and ask God for a healing. We can ask God for a deliverance. We can ask God for a new job. We can ask God for, to help us in our finances. But you know what? We need to also be praying that, you know, your will be done and give me the strength to endure whatever it is you're going to have me situation. Because God may leave you in a situation a little longer than we desire to show himself strong and it be a testimony to somebody else. Like, God may allow you to be in that hospital a few days because he wants some particular nurse or orderly to come across you so that they may receive the love of God in that situation. Now, that's uncomfortable. That's uncomfortable because sometimes we don't like to see God's hand move like that. 
You know, I look at when I read the story of Joseph, I'm like, man, that ain't that happy. The ending happy. He ruling all over Egypt, but just Pharaoh sitting on the throne. Joseph runs Egypt. All of it. That sounds great. It's like, man, that, that, he, he, he made it. But, you know, he was sold out by his brothers, had to be a slave. Got pretty women coming on to him, trying to, trying to get him to fornicate and sin against the Lord. And he's saying no. He being holy and righteous. Then he get lied on and thrown in jail in another country. He in another country. He don't even speak their language and stuff. He got to learn all this. And then he, he exercising his God-given gifts in jail. And they forget about him. And he's still in jail. But then God in his time and opens up an opportunity where he is there with God's answer to show who God is in a nation that did not know the true God. And he's elevated. God has a will. and He has his timing. And so we pray with confidence because God is faithful. But we need to be approaching God in his will, asking for his will. And while we do so, we do this because we're children of God. And part of his will is that we walk as children of God. That's one of the strong messages of this whole book is that we walk in obedience to God, that we live out accordingly to how God has called us to. And this is really important. I got one more passage I want you to look at with this. I want you to go to Amos. We're going to look at an Old Testament passage. Amos chapter 5. And this passage always gets me, it, it, it gets me kind of crunk and it kind of makes me chuckle a little bit. Because, you know, we're, we're all guilty of this. But I think, it's, I think it's very important that we understand God and who he is and, and, and how he works and what he desires. He says this in Amos 5. Starting in verse 21, listen to this. He says, and this is God speaking. So God is speaking, all right? This is God's words to the nation. He says, I hate. Well, that, that, that started off kind of funny because you don't know, like God hates stuff. Yeah, it's some stuff God hates. You know, he, he, he's a person, all right? He says, I hate. I reject your festivals, nor, nor do I delight in your solemn assemblies. That's when they gather and come together to worship and pray. He says, I reject your festivals, nor I delight in your solemn assemblies. Even though you offer up to me burnt offerings and your grain offerings, I will not accept them. And I will not even look at the peace offerings of your fatlings. Take away from me the noise of your songs. I will not even listen to the sound of your harps. But let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Now you can keep on going. Another passage I got on your notes is Hosea 7.14. And basically, that's what he's saying. He was like, you're praying, and you're worshiping, and you're singing, and you're giving, but your heart ain't with me. You don't live for me. It's all it's a ritual. You're just doing it. And you think because you can come in and, and worship God and raise your hands on a certain day, on a Sunday, you know, here, whatever day, if it was on a Sabbath day, if it was on a Saturday, or one of the other days during the week when they would come in on different days to come in and worship God. You come in and you're offering, and you're singing, and you're clapping, and you're praying, and you're gathering. And for us, it can become like a check mark. We did it for the week. God is pleased. And God says, look, you're singing, and he's like, la, 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 la. You're praying, la, la, la. I don't hear you because you're not with me. Do not trust in me. I want a heart that's given over fully. I want you to trust me. God, like, look, I have gone to great lengths to show you how faithful I am and how much I love you. Why are you treating me like this? He, said, he wants a heart given over to him. He wants us to be all in. And in that attitude, 
as we roll like that, as we live like that, we have this confidence knowing that because we are his children, because we've trusted Christ, that as we pray according to his will, he hears us. And if he hears us, what's he say back in the passage? He says, if he hears us, verse 15, and if we know that he hears us and whatever we ask, we know that we have the request which we have asked from him. See, we see God grants his will. As God has a will, sometimes we don't think about God like that. God has a will. God has a desire. God has a want. And he wants to show how off the chain he is. He wants to show how amazing he is. He wants to show how almighty he is. He wants to do that. And he wants to show you. He wants to show you specifically. He wants you to see it. He says he wants us. He said he gives us everything he has promised us. So he wants us to believe and pray. Like God is faithful to every single promise he gives. He wants us to trust it. And we grow in this confidence as we grow in understanding his will. How do we start to understand his will? We start to understand his will. One, we got to get in his word. I always go back to that. I'm always, I'm always say that till I die. Get in his word. You got to get in his word. You got to. And we do that as we exercise prayer because what have I told y'all over and over? Prayer is a dialogue. It's not a monologue. It's not just you talking. God will actually speak back to you in a variety of ways. And you know how you can discern when God is speaking to you because his voice, his Holy Spirit will never contradict his word. So if you're not in his word, you may be receiving something. You think it's of the Lord, but if it's against his word, it is not from the Lord. And I tell people, it could be from a spirit, but it's not the Holy One. The Holy Spirit will guide, he will teach, he will lead. So you got to start acting it out. And as I told you, you know, different ways, whether you want to do it in the morning, when you do it at night, you do it in the afternoon, but start carving out a, a certain time. Mark out a designated time where you're going to sit, stand, whatever you want to do. You're just going to talk. If it's a time that helps you, I, I'm being practical. Look, you in your car, turn off the radio. Get off that phone. Quit looking at Facebook and driving on the freeway. Cut all that stuff off, and just while you're driving, you're going to work, you're going to pick somebody up, just, just talk to the Lord. But go to the Lord. But you got to be getting his word. Because as in Psalm 37, 4, it says, delight in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Say, when, when, the, when the Lord is your delight, when, when, when the Lord is your love, the, when the Lord is the love of your life. He said, he'll give you the desires of your heart. You want to know why? Because when the Lord is your delight and your love, you have this relationship and this passion and you know him. And when you know him, you, out of a consequence of that type of relationship, you grow in knowing more and more and more. And you find yourself asking for the very thing he desires. You know, one of our greatest frustrations in life is when we want what God does not want for us. Wouldn't it be awesome if my desire, if your desire was the exact thing God wanted for you? And I mean, everything I'm asking for, he just dishing it out. You know, and you know what? Sometimes it may come a different way than you expected. So don't, don't, don't despise certain things in life because it may be the very thing you've asked for and you hadn't realized it yet. But God is faithful. So we trust him. And you think about the, the scripture says, she said, 
Asking to be given to you. Seeking you'll find. Knocking the door be open. For the one who asks receives. The one he seeks finds. The one who knocks the door is open. I love that word because sometimes God is just, I don't want to necessarily say just sitting and waiting, but sometimes we don't even know what God is God is going to do for us and we can get ahead of him and do it, do, do it ourselves. You know, sometimes we take things into our own hands. We do things on our own and, and we suffer loss and we, we suffer heartache and we suffer pain and we don't realize God actually is wanting to give it. He has a timing that he's going to give it. There's a win. It may not be exactly when you wanted it, but it's on the way. It's coming. And that's when we need to make sure we're going back and talking to the Lord so we can get lined up with his will and his timing. As the scripture says, ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll find. Knocking the door will be open. Our pastor today, he says, just like we know we have eternal life in Christ, we can know God hears us as we pray, we pray according to his will. And we know he will give us what we ask. We can have this confidence that's unshaken because we know he's faithful, he's true, and he's good. Trust him. Ask, seek, and knock. And he delivers. Amen. Thank you for listening to Point with Daryl Jones. This was just one part from the Unlimited Access series where we learn what prayer is and how to strengthen our prayer life. If this ministry has blessed you and you would like to partner with Point Ministries, please visit daryljones.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L jones.org. Your financial generosity keeps us on the air and we are grateful for your faithfulness. Also, if you would like to hear more from the Unlimited Access series, please visit daryljones.org. And remember, keep making Jesus the point.